Welcome to Vox Vomitus, also known as Word Vomit. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the latest episode of Vox Vomitus, otherwise known as Word Vomit. I am your host, Jennifer Ann Gordon, the author of the Kindle Award-winning novel, Beautiful, Frightening, and Silent, as well as the Hotel series and Pretty Ugly. Joining me today, as always, is my Vox Vomitus vixen, Alison Martine, authoress of The Bourbon Books, which include Dibs since September, and Move On Melinda. Joining us today is author Carrie Ann King, and we are going to be talking to her about her latest book, Other People's Things. Welcome, Carrie. Thank you. I am delighted to be here today. Well, we are delighted to have you. Uh, I would like you to tell our viewers and our listeners a little bit about yourself and a little bit about other people's things. Okay. Well, that's kind of a, a lot right that's there. A lot. But just, just give us like random facts. Like random you, like, facts. Okay. Like, about you, not the book. About we'll you. About, you. about like, me. Random like, facts. Let me you're see. You're married to a Viking. I Well, I'm not married to a Viking. I live in oh. sin with a Viking, but we're good. <laughs> Even better. Better. <laughs> I, I live with a real life Viking. We met through online dating um, and we've been together for... 15 years or so, I do believe. Um, I have a landlocked tugboat, which has been renovated into a lovely little place where I can sit in the forest and look out in the trees and write if I want to. Wait, the tugboat's in the forest? Yes. <laughs> I, later, you'll have to explain how the tugboat got to yeah. the forest. I, I could do that. It sounds like a children's book, doesn't it? How the tugboat got to the forest. <laughs> Climate change. <laughs> No, no, because we also live on top of a mountain, um, sort of. So it's it's very cool to have a tugboat there. Let me see. I am owned by two cats and a dog. Um, I have seen a mountain lion in my backyard. I and you still have two cats. And you still, have, still two have two cats and, cats. and one dog. Just checking. Yeah, two cats, one dog. Perhaps we used to have more. No, it's okay. Um, oh, none of the animals to this date have been eaten by predators. So that's. Totally bonus. Yeah. Um, let me see. Random so this, facts. This podcast might have just taken a really dark turn <laughs> if that had been the case. Like, oh no, Carrie. I wish yeah, we don't want to talk about that. <laughs> um, I, I do. Okay, here's another random fact. I have a weird, quirky, dark sense of humor, and I have to say that a podcast called Word Vomit just makes me happy. It it makes me really, really oh, yay. exorbitant. Yay. Yeah. Yay. You know, sometimes we get people who are like, oh, when we say Word Vomit, and they're like, <laughs> Like you see, they like flinch a little. Like, why am I on a show? Yeah, yeah. because what did my publicist it? agree on my behalf? Do I because need a new they, publicist? They didn't know Latin, and therefore, um, <laughs> okay. Another random fact about me: when I got my English degree, I thought, you know, I love English. I want to be a writer. I should study all the parts of English. So I took a Latin class. Absolutely loved it. I took Anglo-Saxon, totally got into it. I did an independent study that was translating Anglo-Saxon and Latin text into English because I'm nerd out like that. And I took French. So, you know, kind of all of the components of English. Very cool. Yeah. Super nerdy. I like it. All right. So now just tell us a little bit about other people's things. Okay. Other People's Things is one of the most fun books that I've ever written. I got to bring both my Carrie Schaefer self, which is another random fact because I also write books as Carrie Schaefer and she likes to write weird uh, paranormal mystery fantasy kind of stuff. Um, and Carrie Ann King, who writes 
psychological drama, family drama, that kind of thing. I was able to bring both of myself together a little bit with this book. So this is the story of a young woman who is compelled to move objects from one place to another. People call her a thief. They have diagnosed her with kleptomania. Really? She's not. It's an object relocation problem. Pro program and also a problem um, because she is always in forever moving things that are not hers and that causes a lot of trouble for her. So that's the short book premise for you. No, that's a great, it, that's just enough to tease the, our listeners with. Um, Carrie, I'm so glad. I know we were talking before you were on the show about which book we were going to promote. And I'm kind of obsessed with the cover of other people's things. Mm. And I was just like, oh, I, but I didn't know what it was about. Yeah, I don't. I read the ebook, so it's I don't right behind it. you too. Yeah. I know you probably don't remember that because you've got your virtual thing up, but it's like right. <laughs> I, I can see it. I know it's yeah. there. I just have to show my book whenever I can. It's beautiful. You know, it's right here, and I have one. So I will say I loved the cover. I didn't know the premise. I assumed for some reason it was going to be a thriller. I remember asking you, I'm like, is this a thriller? And you're like, um, no, <laughs> no. And then I said, well, what is it? And you were just like, well, it's you know, a family drama with maybe some magical realism and maybe, and I'm like, oh, and you said all these things that normally don't go together. And that's what made me say, this is the perfect book for us yeah. to read because it checked off the boxes I like and the boxes that Allison likes. Well, and I even was asking, like, I don't even know what this is. And I was maybe a hundred pages in, I don't know, because I was listening to it. So I was probably at least two hours in. I'm like, I still don't know what I'm listening to, but I like it. And it, and it didn't even matter to me that I'm going, where would this be in the bookstore? Okay, fiction. And then beyond that, I have no clue. Well, you know, technically, it's published by Lake Union, which makes it women's fiction um, or book club fiction. So we can How go is book with club that. fiction a genre? I have no idea. That's not a genre. Darn, I was hoping you what, would know. <laughs> sorry, but like whatever a book club picks is the book club fiction. And women's there fiction is whatever women read. So neither one of those are really genres. I think it's when it pairs well with wine. Like a cheese. <laughs> well, okay. No, there are many well books that pair well with wine. Sometimes it's because you are loving the read and it's luxurious and it's a really nice thing to have with wine. And sometimes it's like, oh, this is just like such word vomit <laughs> I need a lot of wine, possibly from a box, in order to, you know, <laughs> or a can, or a screw top. <laughs> oh, I almost drank some canned wine tonight. Oh, but dear. it was so cold. I have canned mimosas. They're not good. Wait, no, you shouldn't can orange juice. And, and no, I didn't. You know, I I didn't go to the store and pick them out. Canned mimosas. I'll have yeah. words with them later. <laughs> It was just so funny. He was just, it's my <laughs> darling husband and our producer. He came home and he was like, look what I got you. And I was like, a canned mimosa. Thank so I you. almost drank it tonight. And he's here listening now. So we, he can, he we didn't say these things. If we have technical problems, we know why. And he's going to be like, oh, <laughs> it's weird all. that Jennifer's microphone stopped working halfway <laughs> through the podcast. <laughs> well, maybe because he's drinking the canned mimosa. <laughs> um, yeah, so, that's interesting. So I can't. I I'm seeing you drink your lovely cocktails, and it is three oh seven in the afternoon for me. And it doesn't same. Really Are you? Yeah, I'm in. I'm in Orange County. So I am in Washington State. Okay, in, so we're just, no, you're it, just north. It's nighttime where I am. Yeah. <laughs> yes. 
Yes. But confession, I used to always drink during the show, even though it was three o'clock and I'd usually drink bourbon. But now I go and take my children to choir after this. Uh, I'm not allowed to drink and drive. So well, also, you know, over there. showing up for children's choir with bourbon breath is also sometimes highly discouraged. It I feel like that's all. And- that's like the beginning of a different kind of book club book. Like no, the I ones think that's about also like book the book. bad moms. Yeah. <laughs> You know, I've never actually been, here's another little random fact about me. I have never been a member of a book club, so I don't know what they read. I've never been a member of a book club, but I've talked at a book club and it was a, it was lovely. It was a lovely experience, but there was a lot of wine being consumed. (laughs) I think it's a thing. Well, and, and I've been, I've been, I wouldn't be like a member, but I've done like women's book clubs where the book is picked out and they generally are books that I'm like, why did I agree to read this? So, so the idea that like literary book club is a is a genre makes me nervous because I'm going. Does this mean I'm automatically going to hate this book? And I would I would say your book is the opposite of that because I would be handing this book Yay. to other people, going, definitely check this out, even though. I'm really still not sure. I finished the book and I'm still not sure what genre it belongs. Well, I'm really happy to hear that. I This is how I read. I read eclectically. I always have. I will read pretty much anything. If I like the characters and the writing is good, I don't really much care about anything else. I will just happily read along. Um, so when I, I go to write, I tend to do the same thing. You know, it's really hard to stick in a little box. It really boxes is. are uncomfortable. Boxes are uncomfortable. And I will say, um, Allison and I have been hosting this show for about a year, a little, a year and a half almost. Yeah, we're getting near a year and a half. We're getting close to a year and a half. And I think the books that we've enjoyed the most are the ones that afterwards, when we have our little book talk between each other, we say, what, what was that that we just read? Like, where does it fit in Barnes and Noble? What shelf am I finding this on? And for me, I love it when things bend the genres. Like, I, you know, I, I loved the object relocation program. Like, I just, you know, as somebody who, like, is new agey enough, <laughs> I, too, think objects have, like, energy. And so the idea of objects kind of telling a woman, I don't belong here. It's your job to move me someplace else. I was just like... So on board with that. I like that too. And then what was fun was making that be, and this is kind of a belief of mine that things want to connect. So there are people who need to be brought together. There are things that want to happen and there needs to be a catalyst to kind of move things around and make that happen. So it was great fun to let Nicole be this person who actually got into the middle of a mystery because she moved a book and that changed everything. A paperback. A used paperback. A used paperback. Yes, so I, what's kind of odd for me is the first book that it started reminding me of when we got into the whole idea of she has she's she has kleptomania, but specifically she's like, I'm not stealing it because I'm not taking it for me. I'm moving the object because it needs to be moved um, is a book that I recently finished called Bubblegum by Adam Levine. I don't know if you're familiar with the book. I am not. Um, it it is one part of a very weird, very big book, but um the book deals with a, a now grown up man who, when he was younger, was was accused of or had committed these things called the swing set murders. 
he goes around murdering swing sets and other inanimate objects. But again, he's speaking to the object and the object, if the object is no longer fulfilling its purpose, is asking him to basically put it out of its misery. Okay, I'll be reading this. Where it's like- I love that. Sorry, my jaw is open. Yeah, the inanimate object is having this conversation with him and basically saying, you know, for the swing set, if the kids are all grown and I'm all rested and I'm just out here still existing and I don't want to anymore. So like I was waiting for, I was waiting for you to call them the inans because that's what he refers to. It's like, oh, when the inans are talking to me, that's the same thing. And the book otherwise is nothing like yours, but it was the same weird connection. I'm going, oh, I like this book. That this is, is an book interesting book. connection. I like that. By the way, it should be euthanasia perhaps and not murders. <laughs> if they're asking for it. He was seen doing this and he got the name of, of this, like ah, the, swing, uh-huh. the swing set oh, murders. And, very cool. and same kind of thing where people were misunderstanding what he was doing and thinking what was driving him. And same kind of thing where his mother makes him make a promise that you're not going to destroy anybody else's prop, like anybody else's property. But then it puts him at direct conflict right. when he's being asked to do so by the objects right. versus they don't understand, hey, no, I'm not just being destructive or in Nichols case. I'm not taking these things for me, but the object really wants to be somewhere else. Right. It's not my idea. Ask yeah. the bear. <laughs> right. Exactly. Poor bear. <laughs> oh, oh, the bear. Um, so you also did a really good job of dealing with psychological issues like anxiety disorder, and especially the way you dealt with anxiety disorder. I, as somebody with anxiety disorder, I loved it. I was just oh. like, Oh, good. thank gosh, you. I'm glad I got it right. That's real. Yeah. That's exactly how it feels. Yeah, we may be overqualified in that regard, Jen, to, to talk about how accurate <laughs> some of that stuff was. I and know. the whole like, yeah, I know I shouldn't be mixing this with that, but you know, I've had a sip of wine and the only answer is more, more wine. More wine. <laughs> right, yeah. I was like, oh, Andrea, we've all been there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I loved Andrea, actually. She, uh, you know, so much different inside than what she appears to be on the outside. So she was a very fun character to write. Well, I'll say even your most unlikable character was still interesting enough for me that I was like intrigued by him. Mm -hmm. It's hard to find a book. I think for me that every character I'm like, Oh, I I like all of these people. I really didn't like them, but I was intrigued. That's different. I didn't didn't like, like, you know, obviously our big bad. I didn't like Kent. Is it Kent? Is it Kent? Yes. Spoiler. I know. Well, he's the ex-husband. Right. But he doesn't, he doesn't come across at the beginning, like the big bad. So someone reading Uh, it may not know right away. Maybe maybe they're just like I'm just going to assume because he's the ex-husband that he's- that's I, get, I think that's why I assumed <laughs> you're like I don't trust you inherently by your title. <laughs> I, that was exactly it. I was just but there, like- but there were other people. I mean, yes, he was one, but there were other bads along the way who I thought again you rounded out really well and made them plausible and believable. But I still wanted to punch them. Yes. Well, this is good. I try to make all my characters human. I I can't remember. I can't remember which training it was that I went to, but it really stuck with me where the, the writer who was teaching us writing things was talking about, you know, if you can make somebody cry when you kill off your bad person, you've really done something. And in this book, I didn't really try to do that, obviously, because really what I was aiming for was the really, really awesome feeling when the bad person gets something coming. Um, We all like that very satisfying thing. But to at least 
have that level of humanity because nobody is entirely bad or entirely good. Well, maybe there are a few people. <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking in my Rolodex, like, let, let's qualify that. There might be a few people. Oh, Rolodex. Pretty I bad. You're like, through history and go, well, Hitler was entirely, no, you just mean in your own personal life. You're like, well, this person's definitely on that list right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can't think of anything good about that person. Oh, I've got a few on, on my, in my email contacts. Let's just go that. I don't have a Rolodex. There are a few, but okay. So I'm thinking about um, the movie Firefly. For example, have, have you guys seen the, the movie Firefly? Firefly. Not, what is wrong with you? <laughs> what, are, Firefly is in Serenity? It's in Serenity. Serenity, yeah. Okay. Okay. Firefly is the theory. Serenity is the sorry. movie. And I'm like, Serenity is another movie, movie I'm sorry. called Firefly? No, I got it backwards. No, 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 no you're no, good. No. The movie is Serenity. When the, when the bad dude, the bad dude, you care about him. He's not a bad dude. He's, well, he's the he's, antagonist. He's a he's believer. Well, he is because yeah. he goes around killing the people that we love. But well, you know, at the same time, dude, that's you know, you get it. Semantics. <laughs> potato, tomato. potato, potato, tomato, <laughs> potato, cauliflower. Same thing, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I know that they talk about what are some of the good villains, and the villain is the one that you are going, okay, you think they have a really good case, and you're probably going to root for them too. And I won't say that the villains in this had a good case. They, they no, don't, but they're not. interesting. No, they're interesting. I was, and they seemed like real people. Like yeah, is- there was never a point where I was like, "You're bad guys or girls." They never seemed cartoonishly villainous. The mustache would like, twiddling. I know that. I'm just gonna do that, Allison. Twiddling our fake mustaches. <laughs> I know, but then I was like, "Is that? How do I do that?" I'll just use my hair. And that's a different look. This is just me being a space cadet when I'm like, ooh, that's different. Oh, so nice. Nice. Fake mustache. So okay. good. So now we're all doing it. Okay. Fake mustache. And then we have to, to twirl our fake mustache. I'm going to get you because I can. Now <laughs> I'm get you, my, my lovely. Actually, what I was trying to do in this book with the, with the, uh, with Kent was I, I kind of, I like playing with the idea that everybody looks at Nicole. And sees her as a bad person. She has a rap sheet. She's always in trouble. She's always stealing things. She's a thief. But they look at Kent and see a good guy because he's, you know, upstanding citizen and all of that. And I really liked then playing that out where when you really get down to it, maybe what we see isn't really the case. I felt like that was super accurate. And the only quibble I'll have with it is having having been a former lawyer. Is generally people aren't going to assume you're the good guy if you're a lawyer. That's usually an automatic <laughs> strike against your right well, hand. But he was so good looking that I yeah, feel like it's like okay when people, handsome. he's so handsome. When people are like so good looking, it's like, well, he can't possibly be bad because he looks and you know like a movie star and he's wearing like lovely khaki pants <laughs> and he gives us gifts. Yeah, he takes you us know to nice restaurants. What's really sad is that we are wired that way. Like yeah. the psychological studies that have been done is that we tend to like and trust good looking people more first. Um, why? Why? I know. Well, I mean, probably the same reason why, like, you know, I don't know, like peacocks are so beautiful, like something weird in our DNA, like the nature of it all, something with yeah. mating. I don't know. I didn't go to school for science. Right. Well, which was what was kind of fun about Hawk, who I created, because I deliberately made him not a particularly, you know, look at this guy. He's gorgeous. And yet in I my brain, he was Adam Driver. <laughs> Mine too. I was just going to say he was, he was gorgeous in my head. He was so gorgeous. Was, if he was, was trying not to be good looking, he failed. Yeah. <laughs> he was tattooed Adam Driver. Yeah. <laughs> who Part is? of that was just as soon as you said how tall he was and how he uh, would go back and forth like, trying to make himself smaller and less intimidating versus 
doing that. I'm like, okay. So when Adam driver crawls over and is like getting down in somebody's face and they're in very sweet versus taking up that full space. Yeah. I pictured yeah. Hawk as Adam driver and Kent as like Ryan Gosling. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> That's perfect. <laughs> and like, and I was obviously Nicole. <laughs> <laughs> I think it makes me Andy. <laughs> Well, we, can, we can share Nicole responsibilities. That's we okay. can trade off. I took something that wasn't mine. <gasps> I'm a mother. I'm always putting things. I'm always in the You're always relocation problem. Why is this on my husband's desk? This is my daughter's. They're children's binoculars. Why is this here? That's a very good question. But it matches your book. It's very cute. It does. So, my man. <laughs> so Carrie, tell us about your writing process. Are you organize do you do fifty thousand words of word vomit and then go i better figure out what the plot is sometimes i love how you're like are you organized like that's a bad thing like are you one of those people i'm still baffled by it every time like i spent a whole a whole weekend with writers hearing about how organized they were and i'm like oh my gosh no i i try i i will tell you here's the truth so um Here's what always happens. And I'm in the middle of doing it right now. Again, no matter how hard I try to do it different with, with Lake Union, my current publisher, in order to get a book contract deal, I have to send them a very detailed synopsis with a full plot beginning to end. Oh so my how gosh. long is a detailed synopsis? Because I've only ever done, hey, the brief one that the publishers want. And then you're like, okay, they want a page. Do they think they'll oh, no, this is like... Now? This is like 10, at least 10, okay. so this maybe is like 20, a detailed outline. 20. 20? So, um, I've, I've done this and, and the first couple chapters. So fortunately they know me well by now. And we all know that at some point as I'm writing along, I'm going way off the rails <laughs> and it is not going to follow this at all. So I'm currently writing next year's book. Um, I'm in revisions and I just cut like, I don't know, 30,000 words and I'm <gasps> changing. Oh, I know, but I know yeah, how to do it. That's like a limb. It's like, no matter what I do, no matter how I try to plot or if I try to be organized, I always end up doing this because if the story has life of its own, the characters have a life of its own. For me, it's really all about listening to what is this actually, instead of mm-hmm. what I try to impose on it. And so yeah. when it gets to revisions, I have to take away all of the things that I tried to force on the structure of this book and the characters that they didn't want and take that away, look at what's really there and then build that into a cohesive unified structure using scenes that I know need to happen at certain intervals and stuff so that there's plot and um yeah like that's a narrative relocation program yes, narrative yes, relocation program. That. yes that's exactly. exactly I know I was thinking it's a chapter relocation program where it's mm-hmm. like this belongs over here this belongs in a different book yeah, yeah. this doesn't so, belong anywhere this doesn't belong Why anywhere this write belongs you in. in the garbage you can get your own book pick them up by the head <laughs> so do you save these words do you I save do. these 30,000 words and just put them in like a file I do. on the computer I the, uh, the graveyard file um because it comes from Barrier Darlings. Thank you, Stephen King. And as a matter of fact, funny thing, because I emailed my editors back something about this. There was one scene that they wanted me to cut. And I was like, I totally understand why you want me to cut it. And I get it. And I will. But damn, I love that scene. And the editor came back with, I will always help you murder your darlings and bury them. 
<laughs> so that's how they know they love you if they're willing to do that. To, to yeah. Help. So um, it, it needed to go. I totally get that. It just, it was something that was so freaking much fun to write, but you know, which is good. Cause then I had the fun of writing it and now it goes away and doesn't mess up the book. So um, I buried them in a file called the darlings file. And I do get to pull things out of there. So often as I'm writing along, then I'll be like, oh, 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 wait, I sort of remember this little bit of a scene or this paragraph or these words or whatever that I can still use. And then I go find them and bring them back. So do you ever bring back a whole character, but in a different book? Like, like a character that just couldn't like leave your memory. And then you're just I have like, never mm-hmm. done that. You're you, going to you, you just put it in your head. You yeah. say that as somebody who has done this. Um, um, I, I kind of have, I kind of have like, a, like turning out like a very side, nothing character that I kept trying to cut into like one of the most major characters in I, a book where I'm like, Oh my God, what am I doing? She's so likable. It was Agnes. Thank okay. I knew it was Agnes. As soon as you said that, I'm like, we're talking about Agnes, aren't we? We're talking about Agnes. I did once take a character from a friend who was going to cut him. And um, she, I'd been reading her book and she was cutting this character. And I was like, I want him. Can I want him? Character so, relocation program. Yeah, yeah it was fun. That, that was a book that was never published, by the way, that I did that with. But um, it was like, you know what? I, I kind of like this character. I, I Can I borrow him? So it, just, it just sounds like. She's My about boy. ready to break up with her your her boyfriend, and you're like, "Well, if you don't want him, I'll date him." <laughs> so, did you that. have did you have to have an awkward conversation with your friend? Like, so that character that you created, you're not interested in him anymore, right? Because I feel like that character and I clicked. <laughs> we clicked. <laughs> we had some chemistry. <laughs> yeah, it was kind of like that, but it wasn't very awkward because she really didn't have feelings for him at all so she didn't say what are you, what are you seeing like him? Real people. they are real they are people. real people i yeah. swear she to god feelings for him and then you know his her parents didn't like him and then like they parents just wanted like different him. things out of life don't you think they, they are real people she didn't i mean want him to exist when you when a character has really been created so think about a book that you really love like especially from your childhood don't try and tell me that joe march and anna green gables are not real people oh I'm sorry they're sorry. real they exist. Um, yeah. Scout totally exists. You know, they, there are all of these characters out ro- running around in the world in our subconsciouses anyways. And they're just as real as many people that I've met and forgotten about. That well, I, they're certainly more interesting than a lot well, of them. Well, yeah, I, absolutely. I will, I will grant you that. I'm just laughing like the idea of talking. It's like, well, I know, I know he was yours. However, and, you know. <laughs> But, but I feel like we could have a future together. I know. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. I'm gonna sit down there with a the mediator who's like working through the divorce <laughs> proceeding for her. Or is it like a custody thing? You know, like, like Kramer versus Kramer here. Okay. Kramer versus Kramer. Here's thing. where I admit I really and it's so now somebody will steal this idea because I'm talking about it. But I really think that I it would be fun to write a book that was totally like that where it was, you know, sort of a weird kind of fantasy thing where, yes, they were characters and we all knew they were characters that had been written into books. But there was this whole system going on of, you know, custody oh. battles and authors who want, you know, whatever. The, close, the closest I can think so far would be like Wreck-It Ralph. Did you see Wreck-It Ralph? I didn't. Like 
Mm-hmm. Jen doesn't have kids, so she doesn't have to see these these little these kid kid movies oh, that I've been subjected to all of them. But the basic premise is you do have characters leaving their video games and ending up in games they don't belong in and causing some havoc. So it's like, oh. yep, yep, there, there we go. Oh, no, so see, I was there. thinking it was like the TV show Penny Dreadful, where you have Dorian Gray and you know the Wolfman and Mina Murray and all of these characters from. Fiction. Isn't that League of Extraordinary Gentlemen? It's sort of League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Too, I didn't get Penny, through that whole movie. It was too long. And I only it. read the uh, the graphic novel, but Penny Dreadful's different, and um, it was quite lovely. And it was a TV show for three seasons, and I recommend it to everybody. Um, but those were all public domain characters, so yeah. there was well, no fighter. It would also be just very fun to have it kind of from the point of view of the characters and have them be in... <laughs> Be, be being written by someone like me and it's like wait what a minute you're not a doctor anymore you're just like a grocery store clerk what happened you went to medical school you you know it's like well not anymore <laughs> and like these characters Sorry. saying like i don't want to go live with you in washington <laughs> i was living in florida and i liked it there i had a recency novel why am i in a sci-fi put on your space suit and shut up <laughs> or you know, like I was living with somebody who writes sweet romance, and now all of a sudden I'm in like one of Jennifer's books. And oh, that's not a good thanks. relocation. I'm so sorry. Happened to me now. Exactly. Yeah, if well, you hop from I'm one on of my books, island. Yeah, Jen, if, if you take one of my characters and put it in yours, that it will not end well for any of them. See, I know. It would be oh my fun, gosh. wouldn't it? That would wouldn't be fun. Now I'm just like, oh, I really want to do like a girls trip now with Allison's character Olivia and <laughs> and Nickel and have them end up on my haunted Dagger Island and just see what happens. And then oh, they can okay. drink wine. Well, Lots yeah. of wine and they then hijinks. That. that sounds like a blast to me. Oh yeah. It would be fun for everybody. I mean yeah. it would be fun for me to write it. But like it's fun for me to write it when I kill off your people. <laughs> no, I would feel bad. So, okay. So Carrie, you write under two different names, but you're still always Carrie. I mean, yeah. I love that your, your website there is, is all things Carrie.com. So, so how do you decide that this one was going to be under Carrie and King? Was that a contractual thing where you go, okay, are they both through the same publisher? Do you publish with two different names, two different publishers? Carrie Schaefer at this point is totally indie and just having fun, um, not making any money and kind of being the tax write-off version of Carrie Ann King, um, which is cool. I, you know, it's fun because I can write whatever I want and nobody tells me what to do, which is good. Um, no, other people's things was always meant to be a women's fiction and, and it mostly is like primarily it is a growth arc story um which is really the definition of the genre so it needs to be a person who is on a journey of discovery and personal growth and that really is the case for nicole that's the biggest thing is learning to accept i have this thing and maybe it's a curse maybe it's a gift how do i step into this how do i use it to make my life better instead of letting it run me how do i run it so, and I think I think that's a really good way of putting it, simply because it seemed like how other people viewed her was so much influencing how she saw herself, right. and it was the first few people to start saying, "Well, maybe it isn't this. Maybe right. you should look at it this way. Right. Maybe you should look at these relationships this way." And I, I think one of the ones that really stuck with me is the "Why did he marry you in the first place?" Right. Yeah. Like, so when people first start ask, asking that, and not in a 
why did he marry you? But like, no, but why did he marry you? And what right. is, what is he getting out of this? And then mm-hmm. forcing her to start really looking at that relationship and going, you know, I always thought it was this and maybe it's something very different right. with maybe not so good, so pure it's, motives and intentions. Yeah. You did a really good job of getting in Nichols' head when she was putting all of the pieces together of what her relationship was of, yeah. oh, I thought it was sweet when he bought me this beautiful outfit with a long sleeve blouse. But, oh, maybe he's just trying to cover my tattoos. It's right. like, there and was so when he's at the table and uh, intentionally or not intentionally pushing that up so it can be seen that those tattoos that he's trying to cover, oh, oh, I did let them be seen. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, because he was, he was taking pleasure in making her look really it's psychological abuse and yep. um you know it's an interesting thing because all of my books seem to have this theme of late with the are you abuse. okay carrie i'm fine that's the well, amazing thing that's like, i'm help. fine i'm fine everyone <laughs> what i was just gonna say was the interesting thing because i seem to be writing this a lot um ever since uh which was the one i really got into that was whisper me this and they've all had this um, domestic violence or abuse theme since then. My life has been dramatically free of that stuff, honestly. Um, yeah, Yay! I'm I'm one of the women who escaped all of that. And I'm very eternally grateful. I had this absolutely amazing father. Um, speaking of the tugboat, we named it after him. His nickname was Mr. Big. So the tugboat um, is named Mr. Big. Um, so that's cool um my brother really is my hero he's just one of my big brother is just one of those men that the whole world should be that way and um you know my deceased husband was a lovely man my current viking is just um current viking my current viking like there will be another current viking like there was a past viking and a future the ones in future viking i like that the ones in future that's a good title too write that like write that down actually that's good there there are vikings in the book i am currently writing right now actually it takes place on a a made-up island that's a complete theme park destination which um has um some Vikings involved. So anyways, back to what I was talking I want to go there. I have had no personal history with any kind of domestic violence or psychological abuse from men. And I feel very grateful about that. Um, but I, as a counselor, it really, really did hit me. I worked with a lot of women who were in these kind of relationships and a lot of them didn't even know it. And so that was part of what I was playing on, um, mostly with Kent and Nicole was the women I've talked to them. I mean, just like, wait, 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 <laughs> that was abuse. Let's it's talk a, about yeah. that for a minute. That's, you yeah. know, there's this thing called gaslighting that maybe you should know about, you know? Well, and honestly, I would say Kent was gaslighting her entire family, not yeah. just her, because yeah. he was gaslighting her about how she saw herself, but even the things he was saying about her. And her I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to spoil it, but there's something right. that he says later and passes off to everyone as like, well, yes, this is what's going to happen. This is, and she's like, he never even talked to me about this. This is not right. happening. Oh, you right. mean this isn't? No, it's not. But everybody right. believes him. Right. And it makes it sound like, oh, well, why don't you just go along with it? And right. the fact that all of her family is just like, 
he's good looking and has money. What is your problem? Yeah. And, and, and I he think, loves you so much. Right. And I think this happens a lot to, to women. And so I, I do, I feel really strongly about all of that. I like to try to expose that wherever I can. Um, because I want women to be free and independent and in relationships with men because they want to be and because they're valued and have equal status and standing in the relationship so almost like we're real human people like we're real human beings yeah oh that's, that's the that's the fantasy aspect of your <laughs> but see it's not see for no, me I that's know. not fantasy i know no, but i know liking she's kind of liking no but i mean i understand um my you know my current husband my amazing that husband, makes it is, sound like you're gonna have a future one of them too well <laughs> once a future husband once a future viking once a future husband yeah. no um is incredible he's like it's really incredible but but i've had a kent in yeah. my past so i really so again know. like so much of this book resonated with me down to and i have to say this because this is so dorky but i love it your main character, Nicole, had a lady of Shalott quote tattooed on her body. And I have a lady of Shalott quote That's tattooed so cool. on my body. We this didn't is... have the same quote, but. That's very cool. I, I love the lady of Shalott poem. And um, I Jen... almost got the quote that she had as oh, my tattoo. But I was like yeah. dangerously close. And then I'm like, oh, I'm glad I didn't. Because then she had a conversation of, well, I was 14. And I'm like, oh, oh <laughs> this I got mine as when me I as like, I thought. And well, I'm like, oh, I got mine when I was 40. <laughs> she's also trying to downplay all of that because she's just mad hog. And she doesn't want him to know that she has a curse. <laughs> yeah. totally fine. I'm totally fine. I'm not cursed. I'm perfectly she normal. She all to is the well. hot, hot Adam Driver. <laughs> yeah. Well, and if he wasn't hot in your mind, who would you have cast him? In oh, the, he in was totally. Movie? He was totally hot in my mind. He just, okay, I was he was say dream casting this. I would. I would have loved to see this as a mini series. So if someone can make that happen, I'm. I'm on board. We're who talking to you, hot? Netflix. <laughs> yeah, Amazon Prime. Also, you know Hulu? what. Here's the really sad thing is I have not seen anything for so long that's current on Netflix or anywhere that I so would. So you have no actors. You're like, so Al Pacino, is he still around? <laughs> is he still <laughs> hot? <laughs> we would not go with Al Pacino. I, you yeah. know, I don't know. I honestly don't know. But, and I would love to have it be a series. I just, where we live, this is the downside of where we live, is um, the only internet we can get is satellite. And <clears throat> it buffers forever oh, try and watch that's not anything a good way to watch movies no 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 mm. plus they give you this limit of how much data you're allowed to use before they slow you down so we don't watch anything streaming at all and so that so leaves me kind of vhs for you well <laughs> 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 even that is hard to come by these days so really it's just kind of the cable and a lot of reruns we watch a lot of ncis <laughs> a lot of ncis <laughs> Mark Harmon, yeah, it's Mark Harmon. So, so Hawk is like a taller version. No, maybe no, Hawk is- no, no, no. Hawk, no. Hawk just is Hawk. Hawk knew exactly who he was. Showed up and announced himself to me in the shower. By the way, you would like to hear about that, probably. Wow. So, speaking of my messy process, um, Hawk did not exist until about three quarters of the way through the book. I did. <laughs> I'm gonna bring you back I to did. chapter one. Drop. 
I think I read that. Was it in your acknowledgments or yeah, somewhere probably. I read that? I'm very grateful to Hawk for showing up because he <laughs> saved the book. Um, the book really wrote itself for the first, you know, three quarters of the way through. It was like it was, I called it the gift book and it was just a delight and it was easy and everybody showed up and I was just writing, writing, writing. And then all of a sudden it wasn't working and I got stuck and I didn't know what I was going to do. And I was in the shower hanging out with the muse and Hawk, <laughs> he showed up in the shower. It's like, Hello, I'm Hawk. I'm a very large man and not oh, my face is not yes. particularly beautiful. My mother even, you know, I'm not anyway, I forgot what the line was I put in there. Um he had irregular features and all that kind of stuff. But anyway, so if I'm a private describing Adam Driver. Adam Driver. I'm a private I'll have to look up Adam Driver now. I'm a private <laughs> investigator and I am here to solve your problems, he said to me. And I said Speaking of characters being real, I was like, great, awesome, come on board. I'm Love just, my book, please. <laughs> I'm delighted to see you. But then, yeah, I had to go back to the beginning and write him in. So, Fair. Well, writing is rewriting. So, Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's all part of it. I, revision really means seeing again. Yeah. Ooh. Literally. Oh, yeah. I mean, it really. does. I've never heard it does. that way. Oh, gosh. Oh, Allison I like and I are like, oh. The scales just came off my eyes. Wow. This, is, this is what, now, this happens with Jen. 40 minutes, she will pop off. She will be back on. Oh, okay. And then okay. she will we'll figure out why that happens and get her a different system. But in the meantime, it's fine. She'll be Wait, back in a second. That's cool. Now that's we're good. good. There, there she is. is. See? Speaking of living in the middle of nowhere, having internet problems. But she's back. We're good. We're I'm good. back. I know. I was like, oh, we're getting actually close to the witching hour anyways. We are out of oh. time. Oh, sadly. Sadly, sadly. Carrie, you were awesome. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> you were awesome. Your book was awesome. Like as Jen and I say, the trifecta. The trifecta. Good, guess, good book. Good guest. Good book. Perfect show. Thank you. Excellent. So thank you. Carrie, thank you for being here. Everybody who is watching us live, tuning into the replay, or listening to us just on the audio, make sure to come back next week when we have guest Vera Kurian and her book, Never Saw Me Coming. Until then, uh, catch up on all of our back shows. There's plenty of them. Uh, thank you to Roman and Pam and everybody at the Authors on the Air Global Radio Network. This has been a copywritten podcast, and we will see you all next week.